Welcome back. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Matt Hurley. It is episode 17. On today's episode, I have an interview recorded with Baltimore comedian Chris Spann. Uh, so Chris is a founder of the Bottle Rocket Comedy Collective, uh, which puts on shows all over the Baltimore and DMV area. Uh, so the shows they put on uh, feature headliners from New York that have Comedy Central, late night credits, and all sorts of great things. So yeah, if you're in the Baltimore area and you are happen to be by or hear about a Bottle Rocket show, it's definitely worth your time because it's just some of the best comedy in the city. Um, so you can learn about their shows on their Instagram at Bottle Rocket Comedy underscore, and you can follow Chris on Instagram at Chris Band Comedy. Uh, coming up Thursday, September 1st, Bottle Rocket is back at the Protean Books and Records Store. Uh, I believe this show is going to be part of the Baltimore Comedy Festival. It's going to feature comedians Nick Oka, Bobby Ray, Law, Chris Spann, among other hilarious comedians. So please go check out that show if you're free that Thursday. And then coming up um, this Friday, August the 26th, uh, Bill Franks and I are co-producing our third show in Federal Hill. That's going to feature comedians Xavier Morgan, Saray, Chris Spann, and then we're going to have guest vets from Kevin Slattery, um, Jake Charmatz, and I believe that is it. And it is going to be just a really fun show. Um, it's always fun to do a show at that Abbey Burger location, so I have a link for tickets in my Instagram bio as well as in this episode description, and my Instagram is matthurley.comedy. So, um, thank you again to Chris for doing this interview, and thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, before I play the interview, I'm going to play some audio recorded at the Max Tap House uh, free show that Bill Franks and I run every Saturday at 8 p.m. in Fells Point. Uh, it's just a new bit. Um, I don't know if it's a good bit, but it's a new one. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the audio. <laughs> Uh, you guys are reprocessed pork. You don't talk about like spam. You read spam? No, but you, it's like, yeah, this is fucking gross, right? That's my company. So I make vegan spam. I sell it on Etsy. And man, my business is going fucking wild. And you're saying, how is your business going wild? I'll tell you. I do phone marketing. Maybe you've seen my company call potential spam. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're having fun up here. Let's see if these jokes get better. I shake them up. No, they're still the same. Okay. Yep, we're going. All right. Chris Pan, thank you for doing this. Yeah, buddy. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Um, how long have you been doing stand-up comedy for? Three and a half years. Three and a half years exclusively exclusively in Baltimore or I uh, started in Baltimore, uh, did a lot of stuff at Zizimos, for example, and okay. then um, Zizimos DC. Is great. What's that? I said Zizimos is pretty awesome. It's a great place to start off because yep. it's a great room and it's a real diverse audience and uh, it helps you for when you go out sort of into the world. Yeah. And do comedy in D.C. and places like that where they also have diverse audiences. So do you, like, because you, like, headline and do shows at, at Zissimo's, right? I don't headline. I don't, I'm not really in a rush to do yeah. more time. I'm just trying to improve my like jokes. Get a good time I'm trying, whatever. you know, whatever my 10 minutes is, I'm trying to make it better all the time. Right. And then eventually, if it's sort of clear that I have all a material in right. that 10 then i'll build right but right now you're not in any rush or whatever 
And you're building. Not, I mean, you got a big. So you run. You're the you're the starter of Bottle Rocket Comedy in Baltimore. I mean, show, it was me and Nick Oka. I reached right. out to him and was like, "Hey, do you want to do some shows?" So you guys started that to get like that was your collective. We started kinda. that, and then we quickly brought in Bobby Ray. Yep. To have. Um, some help to have somebody else who can host right because some of the bigger shows if you're if you're wearing too many hats it's it's not easy like if you're if you're hosting and you're promoting checking people in and then you're doing time yes you're you get on stage and you realize you have your producer mind on yes and then you're not going to a show and i i one of the early shows that we did i bombed and I realized it because I was so tense. Yeah, because you had your Think, mind, you had 10 plates spinning of different I was thinking about how whether the show was, whether we were going to get enough people in there and right. how oh my gosh, yeah. people Worst were going to get sat and all the logistics. Yeah. And those are two different mindsets, yep. two different like processes for your brain. So, yeah, it's it's mostly the three of us and then like It's interesting you mention that though yeah. because like with like at least some of the toasted bun stuff, like I've been feeling that that like when you're producing and doing all the different things, it's hard to be like, all right, change your mind and now start doing comedy. So like something we're doing with Max is now is like we're having just like rotating different guests. So I can like just do a set in the show and just like yeah. You know, but yeah, and in you know, to to you know division of labor you can have it where right one of you hosts but doesn't worry about the logistics that day yeah yeah and then the person who's doing the logistics maybe just does like eight minutes in the middle right right you know once things are rolling so right. you're not in that space where you're like it's all all those three things are coming together and you have to worry about them so what's your as someone who's putting on shows you know lots of venues around the city what's your process for like picking a venue or something like that do you have any sort of rule book you go by or you just get like you're there and you get a feeling you're like man it'd be cool there's a show here like well i mean i only wanted to do one or two shows a month okay because um when you started you're saying i'm saying now i mean in terms of performing i it's nice to do a couple shows a week for right. me but right for promoting i only want to do one or two a month right because the lead up to it and sort of the angst of thinking about it it just kind of occupies your mind and then you're like yes. wait i have to like especially when work you an and email. pay my bills with yes a real job so when as you far get an as email with every ticket sold you're like you know, yeah. when you haven't gotten it for a couple of days, you're like, uh oh, you know. No, creeps but into your, your mind for sure. To answer your question about um, how do you find a venue? Yeah. Um, you're looking for something that, for me, I, we haven't done like bar shows. Not that mm. there's anything wrong with a bar show. Sure. But we've looked for places where, you know, it's a private space where there's not going to be TVs on. Right. Where. Um, kind of like your punch drunk show. Uh, like that's in like its own space yeah. or whatever. Like that's a sweet venue. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you want something where um, hopefully they aren't hitting you up for uh, a huge room fee or something. Right. Um, you want something where the ceilings preferably aren't too high. Right. And um, it's the bad <clears throat> thing about the vagabond. It's just gi- it's a tall ceiling, I guess, but. Yeah, it just means you got to pack it out that much more. Yes. And do maybe some logistical things to get people out up front. Yes. As right. much as you can. You know, I tried to tell the dude, I, I told the guy from Vagabond that this last thing I was like, please sit people up front. And I got in there and everyone was in the back. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I would but. just have, 
I would have a damn. I would. You could take a piece of rope. Yeah. And oh, and smart. Put it across that shit, just like they do. Or benches. some masking tape, a big axe or whatever. Or, over or like a piece of rope rows. that you could use over and over again. Yes, which true. isn't you know environmentally tape, smart. <laughs> also, less of a pain in the ass. You just yes. throw it across the thing, and somebody ties it on one end. Right. And um, if for some reason you sell more at the door, then right. you can if for open some it reason, up. But yes, right. I mean, last night, for example, we had mm. the Delia show. Yep. And I was seating people. And people don't want to sit up front. It's really, it's tough to get people to sit up front. But that's right, what they makes think they're going to get riffed on or whatever. But that's what but makes for a show. good good show is when you have people yep up there. Right. So uh, I would encourage you to go to those lengths, especially yeah. at like Vagabond where it's a bigger spot, and right. try to get people. If you up don't have front. it, if you don't have it mostly sold, then you, I should be doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that you w- want people. Up front, close so, to the stage. So, how long have you been doing the Fed Hill show in that location? Like, uh, Delia? Yeah. I think we just did our sixth one. We do it once Dang, a month. Awesome. And uh, it's, now, a, it's a cool show because we bring in headliners from New York usually. Yeah, I mean, you guys, Bottle Rocket is like the premier, uh, like outside of like Magoobies and Comedy Factory or whatever, like the clubs in town. Like, you guys are the next showrunners, I, I think. I don't know about all that, but well, um, you're a humble we're, man. We're, so. <laughs> it has been cool to work awesome. with. Actual headlining comedians yeah. from New York who are passed at the cellar and have credits, right? And make those connections and see how they do things, right. and um, it's it's that's that's been a real treat. When you started Bottle Rocket, were you booking that heavy right away, or was it like mostly local and you kind of built up to like getting these bigger, you know, headliners? Oh, uh, we just did showcases for. A long time, right. especially at Punch Drunk, it was just a showcase, like with the combo and, of the local scene and like some DC and whatnot. Yeah, but when we expanded to Delia, um, it's a bigger space and it's set up like a mini comedy club. Cool. And we just realized that this is it an upstairs? I haven't been. It's a, it's a private upstairs cool, space, yeah. and so it key. lends itself to more of a headlining comedy club type of a set, right? Versus a showcase. Because um, it's more of a, um, I don't know if it's a conservative crowd, but they're like, they're not a group of artists. Mm-hmm. They're, they need um, a little bit of a jolt. They're, they're not, I don't think they know comedy that right. well in that neighborhood. Yeah. So you need um, a really badass host and you need a headliner. Right. And then we just fill in. Which with, that's Bottle Rock. And then like, that's where you pick your host from your like, like your group of people that are bottle rocket right <coughs> well the uh, generally a show at delia is me nick and bobby doing shorter sets in right, the middle okay. okay and then we bring in a host who's you know a really a pro right and then we have um and what is how much time does your headliner do uh 20 to 30 minutes okay so yeah, it's not even that enough. long of a headlining set right um i like shows that leave them wanting more i don't right. want to um i think a lot of comedy shows go too long yes. and in this world of you know and that's what TikTok i'm talking about like one hour yeah. like a tight you know one hour thing or, or whatever i think that's helpful yeah an hour hour and 10 minutes get in yep. get out i think that's uh the best way to now, do it you started comedy and how soon after you did you start bottle rocket was uh, it pretty quick or was it no. like it was like Two and a half years, I guess. In. Okay, all right. I had prom- during the the pandemic, 
like when the numbers got a little bit chill sure i yeah. did a couple outdoor shows with a guy named sam rubin okay who yeah. you probably didn't run I into yeah, but he's in dc up. now but yeah. uh we promoted a show at um what is it union brewery okay yeah sure yeah. um and then we did a show at monument both like, of them like out, in outdoors in hamden or the union monuments brewery? yeah unions right down the and road now you're back at monument now doing like indoor Shows. Yeah, we're doing Thursdays there. Yeah, that's um, awesome. That's mostly Bobby and uh, Matt Brown. Or right, I've like found the venue and kind of like weaseled my you way in there. But then I up. gave it to those guys. Yeah. So yeah. Do you have like when you approach a place, do you have a package you kind of go to them with, being like, "Here's what we are. Here's like pictures of our shows," and like, or do you just like kind of walk in and just start I mean, a conversation? I, casually? Again, I haven't done it that many times, so. Mm-hmm. It's generally been places that at one point in time did comedy. Yeah. Um, and I've, you know, one of the things is like once you build up a nice looking Instagram and you've done a number of shows, right. you can message people through Instagram and they can just, they with, can just scroll your they profile. They can see that you, it's almost are, like the new age resume. You're doing shit. Kind of. You know what I mean? They can yeah, see that, yeah. all right, these guys, there's pictures of, crowds you know there's interactions they right. can tell that you uh you know they mean have some kind of uh, legitimacy they mean business now so what's your when you're writing comedy do you like so like me i'm like a very short wordplay one so i'll find a word and maybe i'll think of something and like my bits kind of come to me all together because they're so short do you yeah. take time to like sit and write or do you like how do you how does it work for you? Rarely, you're busy, your father, you're busy, you know. Yeah, rarely do I like sit down like it's and time write. To write. Yeah. Same. I just have everything goes in my phone. I'll right. think of stuff while I'm, you know, driving, while I'm at work right. and I'll write it down and then um Then when it gets close know, to game time you boil I it actually, down. I actually use like the voice activated text, so I oh, I nice. say it into my phone. I gotta start doing that, I and done then it I'll tweak it from there. Right? You know what I mean? Right. Like my my stuff isn't. It's I'm not one liner. I'm not conversational. I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. So I want things like to come off naturally, of topics, but it is natural. It sounds like you're, you're just talking about your life. You know, so it's not for the most for a lot part. Of part yeah. it, everything is even. Even if I do something as silly as talking about like shitting my pants, you right. know, like it's a like a goofy scenario that could it's or like, could not be it's real. It's all autobiographical based on something that happened. Right. Like one <laughs> time I thought I shit my pants and I didn't. You know, and that's you know. Now just classic shit like that. Who pushed genius now, who genius pushed you on material. stage? Did you so, like some people go up themselves, I've realized, and then some people have like, oh, they had like a friend or something like that that was like, yeah. hey, you're funny, get up there. And No. Uh, I mean, I you. generally, if I'm in a group of friends, I will often be, not every time, but I'll often be the person who's riffing and, riffing yeah. and making people laugh. But um, I actually had, um, I had a restaurant in Hamden. Oh, cool. And... One of the guys who was a food runner and a busser for me was mm. Tad, okay. who is the bartender at Zizimos. Oh wow! So the famous. Mm, yeah. I always loved comedy, and uh, I actually I knew that Tad every Friday bartended over at Zizimos where they did the shows. Right, right. And so I was very curious about it for a long time. Right. Okay. And then one day I went up there and I checked it out. Yeah. And uh, and then like I went two times. 
You just saw, you just watched it a couple. It's times. It's funny when you, yeah, because like when you go to an open mic and you don't perform, right, and you're by yourself. Right, you look like the biggest narc, especially yes. if you're an older dude. So like people are like, "What is this guy's deal?" Right. So people just naturally started coming up and being like, "What do you? What's up? What do you, what do you, what do you want? Yeah. What do you? What want? do you? Why are yeah. you here? What's your purpose for being here? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so you go twice. I went twice, and I was like, "All right, most of these people aren't very good, you know." Right. Okay. I, I'll be shitty. I'll be trash. But there's other people here who right. are also the trash. bar is at a level that you can you felt like you could try it. So yeah, and then I did uh, my first set ever. Beth Hayden was hosting, and I did oh, cool. uh, four minutes on cats. Really? Uh, was it was, was it typed out good. or was it like because you you, yeah, you would do like a set list? It was it. I wrote it out. I wrote it out. Okay. It was not good. I was very I was very pleased with myself. I feel like I'm not sure why. And then it was just. I feel like it's like yeah. wanting to do a stressful workout and be like, man, this is going to suck. But after you feel good about it, like that's kind of stand up. It's like I could have just a lazy Sunday, but it was like, all right, get up and try to get out there and do some stuff. And it no, it won't be great. But after you always feel like, yeah. you know, a little better about it. So, yeah. Now, but then how quickly? So did you record your first set? Did you? When oh, did you start no. the next? God, I didn't know. I, I did Milwaukee I... In comedy. I didn't. So I didn't walk in comedy for like six months before I moved uh, to Baltimore. Then didn't get back until, until twenty two. But when I was there, yeah, I didn't I didn't record anything. And then when I started in no. February this year, I was like, I'm gonna record my shit and try to figure out like what's. Yeah, I don't know that there's much point in recording yourself until you've done it a few times and yeah. gotten a few laughs, right? Because you're it's too, too much silence at that. You're point. too stupid to learn anything from it. You're just trying to like, I mean. A hot bomb is pretty ingrained in your brain. You totally. don't need to go back and listen to it. It's like that's li- like literal trauma. Yeah, totally. You know, right? So I, I, I don't always record my sets now. Yeah, but I do sometimes. Um, but I'll be honest. I really feel like I can remember. I can replay in my head what worked, what didn't, and right. most of the time, at least you have a summary of the show, being like, I know this worked, this didn't, and. Yeah, and most of my time, most of the time, my process is just done by deleting. Like, I'll have a sure. bit that is 45 seconds long, a minute long. Right. And then you just go, all right, well, there's a, I think there's five punchlines in here. Mm-hmm. But then you find out that there's three. Right, like, And then you just f- delete right. the shit that isn't working. Right. And it's shorter. You have a shorter bit right. that works, right? And then eventually, maybe you think of tags for it that do work, right? Like so, after it's the, after like you hit the yeah. first punch and like other stuff, yeah. So I'm just always like deleting shit and just scraping out the shit Thinking that doesn't how to work. Boil it down. I mean, that's smart. It's what like, you hear it a lot. Word economy, like that's what that is. Thinking about how can I get to the same punchline yeah. in less words, but. So now, obviously, you're doing a bunch of stuff in Baltimore. Now, have you expanded? To, do you do any stuff in D.C. or New York? Have you messed around in New York at all or anything? I I, I definitely do comedy in D.C. Um, I haven't even tried to go to New York okay. or do anything like that. Do you um, have any? What's your next two years of comedy? You just still you want to focus on like like putting on good shows in Baltimore and getting better? You know yourself, yeah, like you were saying, I, kind of at the start. I just want to have balance in my life, yeah. and um, in terms of my family and, yep. and work, totally, and uh, and get a little bit better at comedy all right. the time, and um, like not being in a rush, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm. This isn't. Uh, 
you know, I'm, there's no way around the fact that this is like a hobby. Yeah, totally. With some ambition. You yeah, know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I well, think great. that. I mean, yeah. I think, fun. though, even though it's a hobby, like, the shows that we do serve a purpose. Yeah. Because. To this community, totally. Well, because there are people that are that want to go to New York eventually and if I right. promote two shows a month and they're right. good shows right then it's a workout space for for those people right and if I can you know do a little time in between right work um, on your own craft and yeah, promote others and yeah it's I think it's a totally legitimate thing I know some people hate on hobbyists and part-timers and stuff like that but but you can't just you focus know, on work all the time. You got to yeah, have the, something like the that 20, is, you know, two year old, some people, year old. Bowl, you know, some people do stand up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like young people that want to do what they want to eventually pursue it full time and like go to New York or something, you know, if they're in Baltimore, we're providing a space where they can get totally. some time. So. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So, I mean, Nothing I'm going to plug it up front, but yeah, I can't, you know, bottle rocket comedy and all the stuff you guys do. It's definitely an inspiration for, you know, the toasted buns and like something that Bill and I are trying to, you know, put on. So, you know, thanks for doing this, dude. I appreciate it. Oh, man. I, it's it's a joy to be an inspiration to the youth of yes, America. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Uh, Chris Band, thank you very much for taking the time to do this podcast. I know you're a busy guy. Thanks for sitting on this uh, curb in a parking lot. <laughs> but uh, all right. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.